0: So um, I want us to take a minute just to imagine, okay? Kind of in the spirit that you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We don't have to be uh, we don't have to be restricted by uh, the things that the world around us is is held back by. We can we can imagine. It's actually a superpower that God has given all of us to to imagine uh, and to use our use our capabilities of imagination and creation and wonder. To really be able to think about um, to think about the future and to think about our lives, and I'd like for us just to think about uh, and imagine that it's December 31st of this year. December 31st of this year, we're 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 sitting down, we're hanging out with some of our friends, hanging out with our family, we're maybe spending some time with God, we're just uh, just celebrating in our own unique way. We're thinking back over the year, and we're imagining this awesomest, most awesomest autumn ever, and uh, I want you to think about what that looks like to you, what that feels like to you. You know, the world around us <clears throat> and we are involved in a great struggle, and there's some particular, you know, challenges to this time of struggle that we're in. Um, you know, as Kai was sharing a little bit earlier about uh, you know the pandemic and just the the sadness that comes with that and the challenges that come with that, but I think I really believe that in the spirit of Jesus in the spirit of God in our lives, we can see challenges as opportunities, and as we struggle through them, it might not come right away, but as we struggle through those, again, like Kai was kind of sharing that that prayer, kind of that 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 prayer of desperation that God can move mountains. Can move the world and the sun and the moon and the stars uh, for the sake of his kids. And so we can see challenges differently. We can see them as opportunities. We can see the famine and the scarcity in the world around us it, with eyes of feasting, with eyes of abundance. And it's so important for us to take on that spirit of God, that spirit of faith that sees the world differently, sees circumstances differently sees famine as feast, sees scarcity as potential abundance, sees pain as the deep learnings of life. Uh, I'm still struck by uh Chandra, you know, sharing from the book of Job and uh, you know, uh Rob sharing a few uh, a few uh weeks ago about uh you know dealing with the storms of life and how we how we can see these uh, see these differently and it's not that we're avoiding it's not that we're avoiding the challenges that's not Jesus' way at all. Jesus faced right into the challenge. In fact, Jesus ran into the battle. He ran to the fight. It's not that we're avoiding or hiding from the challenges of life at all, but, but we're embracing life with different eyes, with a different heart, with a different mindset. We're embracing life with faith and belief and courage and grace, uh, with forgiveness, uh, with a learner's spirit, with the spirit of freedom. And so it makes life totally different. And I really pray, my, my hope and my, my dream is that we can take hold of that kind of life, even as we're closing out the year, even as we're facing difficult, challenging circumstances that we can really rise above with faith, hope and love. You know, what I find in, in myself is that when I'm growing, I'm happy. And it's a simple kind of concept. When I feel like I'm making progress in my, in my life, in my faith, especially on the inside, the this, this stuff on the inside, how I think, my, my spirit, my attitude, you know, uh, how I'm, my emotions that uh, I feel, I feel happy because I'm making progress because I'm growing. I really pray that this uh, and believe that this is going to be a great time and season of, of growth uh, for us. You know, last night I was watching the uh, U.S. Open, and I watched Naomi Osaka, 22-year-old Dynamo uh, tennis player. She won the U.S. Open. And, um, she came back from being down. She lost the first set, six one. And so the, 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 it was stacked against her. The, 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 uh, the challenge was stacked against her. But of course she came back. She won the second two sets convincingly, powerfully. And, um, and it was really cool to see this young woman overcome challenges and be able to take, take the victory. And they were interviewing her afterward about her training schedule and her training plans in the future. I thought it was really cool because she didn't talk about tactics. She didn't talk about kind of working on her backhand or working on her serve. What she talked about was really cr- growing in her spirit of positiveness and calmness. She said earlier in the year, I, I, I had a, a time where I was really anxious and where I was facing a lot of the challenges I was going through with fear. She says what's really helped me this year is to is to grow in my positiveness, my calmness. And I thought, you know, it's so true that how we become on the inside is so much manifesting itself on the outside. And I and I appreciate this young woman, this 22-year-old, who was focusing more on the inside, and on her faith, really, her faith and her strength uh, to become the champion, a better champion, you know, take on more and to and to and to win more. And I think it's the same with us, you know, as we, as, uh, Mary was referring to this morning, you know, a few weeks ago, we, st- we talked about Mark chapter five. I love that passage. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Seems simple, but wow, what a great, what a great tagline for our, for us as we're going through our challenges. Don't be afraid. Just believe. You know, I, I was thinking about uh, Mark 11 and I'm going to turn there and, and just read this to us. Jesus, you know, as he's, as he's talking about, uh, this, um, this uh, miracle that he had done earlier, he says this. He says, um, have faith in God, Jesus, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Jesus is talking about a life of freedom, a life of power, a life of faith. You know, I think about uh, Mark chapter 10 a little bit earlier when, you know, we talked about um, a few weeks ago with with not blind Bartimaeus because he wasn't blind anymore. He was bold, bodacious Bartimaeus. And it's really cool because in verse 48 it says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And D- D- Jesus stopped and said, call him. And so they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And so throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. He said, go, 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 said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Wow, what a transformation. What a difference it made just encountering Jesus, and He understood the times. He understood the moment. Man, Jesus is going by. I've got an opportunity right here. I'm taking it. I don't care what everybody else says. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take advantage of this moment to learn from Jesus and to be uh, moved and impacted by Jesus. You know, um, I really believe that we are in for a really, really special season in these next few months. I really believe I've seen us really taking hold of our faith and really taking hold of our relationships and taking hold of our vision. You know, it's been so cool even just seeing the life teams coming together and us just building some of those, some of those synaps- synapses of, uh, of intimacy and closeness and friendship and how strengthening that is. You know, next week we've got, uh, we've got a really fun, uh, Weekend plan. We're calling it the Green Mountain Summit next Sunday. Uh, we're talking about seeds of greatness. We've got, uh, inc- some incredible speakers that are going to be joining us. It's John and Carol McGurk, actually Sue's uh, brother, who is an evangelist and an elder in, in, in France, in, in Paris. Sue's holding up our little, uh, our little, uh, name tags that are going to be given to everybody. We've got some fun, fun care packages that we're going to be given to everybody in the church. We're not going to tell you what's in them. We're going to surprise you a little bit with what's in them. you got some fun stuff. But John and Carol McGurk have done a phenomenal job, you know, building the garden in Paris in a very difficult place in some ways for the gospel. But they've done an incredible job, and there's so much for us to learn from that, from their courage, from their faith, from their love. And so we're going to have them join us to talk about um Seeds of Greatness. We're going to have a time on Friday of a 24-hour prayer chain where we just get a chance to pray together uh, for one another, for Vermont, for New England, for Europe, for the world, uh, for the different, again, different challenges that we're facing. We're going to get out a prayer list, so we're going to be praying for one another's concerns, and I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's going to be a breakthrough weekend for us, and I really believe this is going to be a breakthrough season for us as we take hold of our faith like we never have before. And so the title of my message this morning, you guys ready for this one? Is get ready, get set, grow. You guys are, you guys hear that one? Get ready, get set, grow. We got to prepare our hearts. You know, when I've signed up for the different uh, triathlons that I've been in, I didn't just go down and sign in and then run the triathlon. I, had, I, I signed up and then I had to get ready. Then I had to get prepared. And I had to get my 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 body and my mind in shape to be able to to run a triathlon and take on that challenge. So this is a lesson to kind of get us ready, get us thinking about, get us prepared for the most awesomest autumn ever. Get ready, get set, let's grow. You know, in as you watch Jesus go around to, to all the synagogues in His time, Jesus was an itinerant preacher. He was. He was a rabbi he was a teacher and he would go to different towns he would go to different synagogues he would go to different places and he would teach and i'm sure you know as if you were to follow him like one of the like one of the apostles you would hear him you know uh, say certain parables or teach certain parables or certain principles over and over and so they they so they they really memorized them they became a part of their thinking a part of their hearts one of the parables that it seems like was so, um, important to Jesus that he told often. It's in, it's, it's recalled in Matthew, Mark, and, and, uh, in Luke. It's in Luke chapter eight, it's in Matthew 13, and it's the parable of the soils. And it's a really astounding parable. If you look over with me in Mark, Mark chapter four, I want to read one verse to you because this parable says something about life that It is so important for us to grasp. It's a promise. It's, it's a, it's a miracle that is within the grasp of all of us. And it says in Mark chapter four, verse 20, and it's the, it's the conclusion of the matter as Jesus is telling us what this parable means. And it says, and and so in this parable, just to, just to remind us, it's, it's, there's a farmer who goes out to sow a seed. There's four different soils that the seed falls on and and the, and the seed which is the word of god it grows really according to the condition of the soil and and so the fourth soil is 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 the open soil it's it's the good soil it's it's the soil that's ready that's prepared to take in this incredible seed which is the word of god and to care for it and to cultivate it so that it really fulfills its potential in that soil you know and so in, verse, in Mark chapter four, verse 20 it says, "Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it and produce a crop, 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown." You know what Jesus talks about here is that when you get the seed, the word of God, the wisdom of God, the spirit of God, the way of God, the design of God, the potential of God, and you take that seed. And you combine it with the human heart. Because in the other parables, it says that the soil is the heart of man, is the heart of humans. And you take that soil, which is the human heart, and and you put them together. That there's miracles that happen. There's growth that happens. There's so much potential for life. There's so much potential for power. And the potential of getting the seed and the soil together, it's incredible. It says here that that it's, that it's there's so much potential there that it multiplies 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. You know, in the business world, if you can 10x something, you're doing something incredible. You're doing something amazing. Jesus doesn't even deal here with 10x. He's not even talking about 10 times. He's talking about 30 times. That's the low number. He's talking about 60 times. He's talking about 100 times. What was sown. That's the potential. That's the miraculous potential when God's word and God's way gets into humans' hearts. That's the potential Jesus is talking about. But the key is the readiness of the heart. The key is the health and the faith and the condition, the willingness of the heart to embrace, to embrace the word of God, to embrace the ways of God. And that's our part. That's our part is for us to to have the kind of heart and the kind of mind and the kind of spirit that is going to take in God's word, even though it's scary, even though it's challenging, and embrace it and cultivate it and believe and have faith that God's way works. So our job is we're dirt, okay? We're the soil. We're Joe or Josephine dirt in this story. But, you know, for everybody else, they're looking at it and go, oh, it's just dirt. It's just soil. But for Jesus, as he looked at the human heart, he saw incredible potential. He saw awesomeness. And he saw 30x awesomeness, 60x awesomeness, 100x awesomeness when we combine it with the Word of God. You know, a few years ago, there was a, um, a book that was written called Mindset by an author, um, named Carol Dweck, and it, and it talks about education. And it talks about if you put two people into a setting, an education setting, who have the same kind of level of talent, that it's, it's, it's our mindset that really makes all the difference as to how much we will gain from that learning, how much we will gain from that experience. And so it really talks about getting the most out of learning. And we'll find that this is what Jesus was talking about a lot as he's the master teacher going around and and, and teaching. And so there's a video I wanted us to watch, and it is a little bit more educational and sports minded, but I want us to keep in mind our lives. I want us to keep in mind our faith as we think about you know the concepts that are talked about in this video. And it talks about the, the fixed vote versus the growth mindset. So let's listen to this and then uh and then and then we'll head over to Mark chapter 10 in just a moment. so often training is ugly and we have to go through a lot of you know the struggle to get there you know i i I really like that video because i really think it helps us kind of understand kind of the, the underlying beliefs and focus that we've really got to have to take hold of Jesus' teachings you know we get a coach oftentimes because we want a coach to help us to step out of our comfort zone. We get a friend or a buddy, a training friend or buddy because they're not going to put up with our nonsense, right? They're going to not going to put up with our excuses. They're going to encourage us and support us but help us to go someplace that we might not go on our own because of fear or because of discomfort. And so these these this mindset becomes so important As Jesus is calling us to go to a place of discomfort as we're trying to follow Him. Let's look over in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. My, what I really want us to work on this fall as we talk about, you know, as we, as we talk about some of the behaviors we're looking for is to really also talk about and actually more talk about having a growth mindset, having a growth heart set. Having a growth spirit set, you know the Bible talks a lot about set your heart on things above, set your mind on things above. It talks about in the Old Testament that that, that David set his heart on seeking God, and so there's a there's a there's a decision here to be made for us. It, it, there's, a, there's a path that we're going to have to take here to be to grow out of our, to grow out of uh, out of our out of our weaknesses, out of our places of, of stuckness. To go to a place of health, to go to a place of life. And it's this mindset, heart set, spirit set that's gonna really help us to get there. So in Mark chapter 10, we see a really, really interesting contrast. And we see Jesus tying his this 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 soil and seed uh uh principle um, back to to the life of the guys he's trying to train. We'll see that here in just a moment. But if you look in Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. He says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, it seems like this guy is fired up. It seems like this guy is all in. He, he runs up to Jesus. He falls on his knees. He asks him this question. In verse 18, it says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. I wonder if Jesus was sort of sensing a little bit in him, sort of this people-pleasing kind of nature, this kind of focus on the outside. You know, this guy wanted to make a really good first impression. So he runs up to Jesus, calls Jesus good, and Jesus starts to work on his heart right away. And he says, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. You know, he he mentions a few of the commandments, the Ten Commandments. And in verse 20, it says, Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. This young man appears to have been a very ethical young man, that he was someone who played by the rules. He was someone who had done a lot of great things in his life. And he had he had wealth. He had financial uh, material wealth in his life. He'd been very ethical in his life. And so he approaches Jesus and asks him a very, a very important question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus and Jesus comes back and says, "Hey, I think you know, I think you know what you, what you need to do." And and so he says, "You know, all these I have kept since I was a boy." And isn't that so often how we protect our hearts? Is when God calls us to something, that we kind of talk about, you know, how we've already done that, and how we and how we, you know, because we want to look good. And I think what we start to see here is kind of this fixed mindset, this fear mindset. This not wanting to take a challenge or not necessarily wanting to take the input of a coach because it makes him look bad, because it makes him feel, you know, bad about uh, about some things that he's got to change. So it's interesting. It says Jesus looked at him and loved him. And I kind I of wonder a little bit, why does the Bible say this? How did Jesus look at him so that the the, the writer here would note that? And I think part of it was Jesus was was locked into this guy. Jesus wasn't distracted. Jesus wasn't thinking about other things. Jesus was really locked into and paying attention to this young man. And he was caring for him. He was listening to him. He was treating him with dignity. A lot like even what uh, Mary was sharing this morning, how he treated the, the woman. You know, who had been sick for so many years and was approaching Jesus and really taking a big, big step of faith. And Jesus was, was respecting that. He was dignifying that. And in the same way, I think he's dignifying this young man. He's not putting him down. He's not looking down on him. In fact, what the people around him saw was that Jesus was loving him. It's so important for us to know that Jesus, that God loves us. That when God looks at us, he thinks, you're awesome. You're incredible. You're gifted. You're talented. You're able. Wow, the things that we could do together. The things that we could do in love and in faith together. God dreams of those things. God dignifies our worth and our value as human beings. God doesn't create junk. God, We are all God's kids. We are all created in his image. And so when he looks at us, he sees, he sees, he sees a a miracle waiting to happen. He sees, wow, if I could just plant my seeds in this person's heart, what could we accomplish together? What could we do together? How could life be together? So Jesus is looking at him and he, and he loves him. And he says to him in verse 21, one thing you lack. Now this is a, this is interesting too because Jesus could have said easily, you know, you lack about a million things. <laughs> let's start with one. I mean, isn't that how we feel a lot of times when we think about God looking at us? I lack so much. I'm this, I'm this, I don't have enough this, I'm not this enough. And we really have that sort of lack. And so Jesus looks at him and says, hey, let's focus here. Let's focus here. And he says, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. You will have true wealth. Then come follow me. Basically, he says, hey, the door is open for you to follow follow the master, follow Jesus, but we don't want anything to be holding you back, and so here's a little something for you to do. I want you to go sell everything you have, and then I want you to give it to the poor. And then I want you to come. And let's go for it together. Let's do life together. So he gives him quite a challenge right here. And so this young man has to really choose. He's got to decide. He's going to bring his mindset into this challenge. And we're going to find out really quickly here, does he have a fixed mindset? Or does he have a growth mindset? So look what happens. At this, in verse 22, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Well, I feel for this guy because I'm just like him. I'm kind of clinging to the stuff that I put my security in. I'm kind of clinging to the stuff that, that feels comfortable and safe to me. But so often these are the very things that are holding me back from growing. I fear I'm going to look bad. I fear I'm going to die. If I go for it, like if, I, if Jesus, if I get in that boat with you, I'm going to die. If I follow you, life's over. I'm not sure I can handle it. And all these fixed mindsets come into my thinking when Jesus gives me some of these simple, focused challenges to do it his way and not my way. To give up something that I cherish that really has no value in the sight of God, to take on something that's truly valuable. And I really want us to think, you guys, about our heart set and our mindset and the things that are holding us back from the life that God has for us, that 30x, that 60x, that 100x life. Now listen to what Jesus says right here, verse 23. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Rich people, and that's us. We are in, guys, I hate to say it, we're in the 1% of history. We're all 1%ers in terms of our, our our material wealth. And when you look at human history, we are the rich. We are the educated. We are the people with all sorts of material opportunities around us. And so Jesus is saying, "Boy, it's really hard for the rich people who cling to all this junk and all this stuff, all this status, all this position, all this material stuff that they have—it's really hard for them to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 24: The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, "Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God! It's easier for the camel for a camel to go through the eyes of the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God." We've got too much stuff we're trying to bring in to the kingdom that's holding us back. That we need to forgive, that we need to let go of, that we need to cut ties with. We need to think differently, feel differently, really surrender and give ourselves into a different mindset, a different heart set, a different spirit that Jesus is really trying to bring to us. Verse 26, the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Wow, what a question. Because when we look at this rich young man, we go, if he can't do it, who can And Jesus is trying to really shift their paradigm to a whole different way of thinking. He says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. And he probably could just put a period right there. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. God has the power. God has the resources. God has the wisdom. God sees everything from start to finish. We can trust him. He's reliable. He loves us and all things are possible with him. Wow. That's a partnership. That's a partnership that we can rely on as we take on the challenges of life. Now listen to this. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. Even in that small statement, what Peter is saying is, you know, we're training ugly here. This, <laughs> is hadn't been easy this hasn't looked good. We're getting in trouble. We're half the time. We're confused about what's happening. We, we we're taking a huge risk right here. We're not putting the focus on ourselves. We're putting the focus on you. We're not believing in ourselves and our own abilities. We're putting our belief and our trust in you. We've left everything to follow you. It's interesting what he's saying is we've had a growth mindset. We've had a growth mindset as we've taken on this. And, and we're, and we're growing, you know, those four ingredients of growth, effort, challenges, mistakes, feedback. Peter was right in the, he was right in the, in, in the training dojo of Jesus. And it may not have felt great at different times, but Peter was growing and Peter was changing. Peter was becoming more and more a man of courage and character and conviction. God was able to use him more and more. Listen to what what Jesus says in verse 29. I tell you the truth. I love the way Jesus underlines that. I'm not lying here. I'm telling you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much. There's the seed and soil analogy. We're going to 100x this, Peter. I'm not going to leave you. We're doing this thing called life, and I promise you, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, it does require sacrifice. And we have given up a lot. But God is gonna hundred X your life. He says, we'll fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, and with them, persecutions in the age to come. Eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. And isn't that the challenge for us sometimes? We don't want to be the last. We we don't want to look bad. We don't want to give up our place in line because we've worked hard for this in a worldly sense. Jesus is saying, I need you to have a different mindset. I need you to believe in me and have a growth mindset. You know, studying and looking at the life of Peter is such an awesome study for all of us. Because Peter was such a normal guy. Peter was such a normal dude. He wasn't nearly as educated as we are today. He didn't have nearly the material wealth that we have, that most of us have. But he had a growth mindset. And so when Jesus called him to the challenges, he was like, oh, man, I don't know. But I'm going to hang in there. We see him making some pretty massive mistakes, don't we? So the growth mindset isn't just this path, this straight path of success, it's trained and ugly. It's a, it's a path that goes a lot like this and goes up and down and around. And ah, sometimes you're like, is this even worth it? Should I even do it? Should I just go back to the other stuff? It felt so much more secure. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe. And, uh, but you know, Jesus is really reassuring us here. You know what? Yeah, it does require sacrifice. Everything does. Everything great does. Guys, there's nothing great in this life that doesn't require sacrifice on our, on our, on our side. But it's it's opening ourselves up to those sacrifices that lead to greatness. Think about Peter. Think about his mistakes. Think about his wholeheartedness. Think about his, his gosh, the vulnerability of the scripture. How would you like for a book to be written about all of your mistakes? That's pretty much what the New Testament is. It's a book about Peter falling down again, messing up again, saying stuff that that, that it wasn't going to follow through on again. And yet it's such a great example for us because look at how God 100xed Peter's life. Peter gave up all this junk, all this stuff that the young rich man was clinging to. He went away sad. Peter said, well, at least it's going to be an adventure. Let's go for it. Let's have some fun with this one. And he didn't know, he didn't know what was going to happen, but he hung in there, and, and Peter grew. He grew into becoming a man of courage. Acts 4, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they're unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Guys, we're all going to die, I hate to tell you <clears throat> We're probably, most of us are going to die in a way that we would rather not. But I want it to be, I want it to be about my life, and I know you do too, that when I die, when that time comes, that God has somehow used my life for the reason I was created. That somehow God could use the little, the little soil of my heart to produce a harvest. To produce some sort of harvest of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and these kind of things that could not only benefit me but could benefit the people around me benefit the world around me and that people could look at my life and go wow there is a god and this guy trusts him enough to turn himself in to have a growth mindset you know um i don't know what this guy was expecting when he went up to jesus was he expecting jesus to to zap him for the magic trick was he just expecting jesus to say hey you're in because you're because you're a nice young man You know, when we approach Jesus, Jesus, guys, isn't just sort of someone who's going to, he's not just someone who's going to zap us with his magic wand. It's not just he's given us a pass. Jesus is, in his nature, a teacher. He's a coach. He's a mentor. He's a guide. He's a sherpa. He's a servant who's going to help us to get to the top of our mountain. But we still got to do the climbing we still got to do the work of growing. we still got to do the work of being the soil that can produce the fruit. So that's my encouragement to us, is this fall, let's aspire to be. Let's make the decision and the commitment to be the soil, that when it's paired with the seed, which is the word of God, which, by the way, works in any country, works with any person from any background, it's 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 the living and enduring Word of God. I've seen it work all over the world. I've seen it work in difficult places, in, in quote-unquote easier places. I've seen it work with totally non-Christian cultures. I've seen it work with atheists. I've seen it work with, with believers, that when you put the Word of God, the seed, <clears throat> with a willing heart, with a heart that has a growth mindset to it, Miracles happen. We're going 30x, you guys. We're going 60x. But we've got to do our work, which is be in the heart that accepts the seed. Let's aspire to be that soil this fall. Let's aspire to be <clears throat> that, that fruitful. You know, um, let's open our hearts. Let's commit to God. Let's believe in his promises. Let's believe in his leadership. Let's have the growth mindset, the growth heart set, the growth spirit set. And let's really believe in an amazing season of growth for all of us. Get ready. Get set. Let's grow. Thanks, Chris.